Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You are listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Hear from independent pharmacy owners, leading entrepreneurs, political strategists, healthcare technology trends, career coaching, interviews about our pharmacy industry, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at PharmacyPodcast.com. Okay, we're here at the HIMSS 2017 Annual Conference, once again with OmniCell, which has been such an exciting group to work with, driving technology to really help transform healthcare. I'm here with Ken Perez. He's the Vice President of Healthcare Policy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks so much, Todd. So this is your first time on the Pharmacy Podcast, but certainly not OmniCell's first time. And what I've been very impressed about is the customers that come on really give us a map of where their organization was before the implementation of the services and technologies and then where they're going. And you know what, Ken, that's kind of like the status of where our healthcare system is right now. <laughs> you know, right. and the before and after. So what will be, what, what do you see happening with the repeal and replacement of the Affordable Care Act? What does that mean for medical uh, medication adherence? Well, that's great. Good question, Todd. I think that, you know, there's bipartisan understanding of the importance of medication adherence. It's hard to, to, to deny that there's value in medication adherence. And, of course, no one on either side of the aisle, whether Republican or Democrat or independent, uh, is against the idea of medication adherence. It's kind of like motherhood and apple pie. Um, to date, you know, the clearest example of where the federal government has actually supported medication adherence is the Medicare Advantage program. And so... That program, as many people know, has a number of uh, star measures which are heavily weighted to, to promote medication adherence. They're triple weighted, as they say. And that's been strongly supported. Medicare Advantage has been strongly supported for years and years and years by Republicans. And I don't see that support going away. Now, in addition, there's going to be a couple of health care policy changes most likely to occur or be implemented by the Trump administration. And I think if you look at all the pronouncements that have been published over the last seven or eight months, the official ones, the most substantive ones, you're going to notice a number of policies that show up over and over. This is contrary to all the um, discussion, if you will, and laughter about tweets and all from the president. But they're actual policies. And these policies include block grants for Medicaid and state-based uh, high-risk pools, basically putting the responsibility for the health of a population on states. And that's going to mean the states are going to need to figure out ways to manage the health of, po health of the populations better. And that means that you're going to see probably some more Medicaid ACOs or managed care organizations. You're going to see a lot of innovative approaches to population health management. And that will include medication adherence as a key tool to support population health management. So coming from uh, the specialty, the community, the institutional pharmacy space, I have seen firsthand as someone who supports those entities through technology, what um, medication adherence programs has done for the outcomes. So what when you're saying all of this, it, it makes absolute sense to me. So when I see, you know, the, the, the ACA in, in, in whole is not bad. It's just the components and pieces, the implementation, 
the way that they're kind of funding it and taxing it and things like that, it, it just it's going to take some molding per se to, to make it you know a bit better. When it comes to medication and adherence, it has to just as you say, it's not going to be dropped and it's going to be supported. But I'm curious. So with the Trump administration, what are the uh, prospects for slowing the rise of drug prices? Because that's been actually in the news. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So. Obviously, during the presidential election campaign, I think the whole nation got a good education on that, uh, thanks to Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, and maybe to a lesser extent, Donald Trump. And they all joined, I think, a lot of American people, as you said, who are concerned about rising drug costs. But hospitals are also concerned about rising prescription drug costs. And uh, President Trump has said repeatedly that he's concerned about Medicare and Medicaid and how much our federal government is paying for drugs, and he promised to have Medicare and Medicaid negotiate prices with the drug makers, the big pharma. But on October 31st, as some people you know, may have observed, there was a big meeting, a uh, significant initial meeting, if you will, between President Trump and leaders of big pharma and a bunch of pharmaceutical company CEOs. And I think it gave us a little bit of a hint as to the kind of deal, and the word deal is a common one in the Trump administration, that could ultimately be struck between the federal government and Big Pharma. Now, President Trump, to his credit, clearly and repeatedly asked for lower drug prices for Medicare and Medicaid. He said that over and over again. But I think that he may want, or he may settle for, jobs for American workers uh, even more. And uh, that would involve more jobs at some new or expanded pharmaceutical plants on U.S. soil. And in exchange, he would give them the general corporate tax rate cuts, as promised, and reduced red tape at the FDA, whatever that means. So I think also, given the Trump administration's general philosophy, their anti-regulation philosophy or deregulation philosophy, I certainly don't see price controls. Uh, being implemented anytime soon with a Republican Congress. Uh, I think the Republicans have opposed that kind of control by the centralized control by the government for years and years and years. Probably going to see, if you looked into crystal ball, uh, best guess is that pharmaceutical companies uh, might place self-imposed limits on a, a limited number of well-known drugs, high-profile ones that the general public might be able to understand. There might be a human element associated, a human story associated with those drugs. But I don't expect any kind of across-the-board uh, actions on their part, self-restraint. Prices, bottom line, prices, especially for specialty drugs, will continue to rise during the next four years. That is unquestionably what's going to happen. If I was looking at this, and from what I know from specialty pharmacy specifically, um, I would say, you know, that free market is where you want to be. You don't want to socialize things because I think the quality of medication would be affected. So let's stay in the free market. However, there could be some adjust adjustments made to maybe patents and the way that a, a pharma manufacturer holds a patent for a certain number of time and maybe there's a way to, to I don't want to say deregulate, but kind of take down the time that a pharma company has hold of a patent. Maybe there's a shortened period of time of some sort, but something to stimulate competition because in free markets, we all know as someone who loves macroeconomics, that if you can put more competition in the marketplace, you'll actually lower and or balance the prices of any service whatsoever. And that could actually balance prices of drugs too. And exactly right. I think, Todd, those are some of the, I call them uh, sliders, where you have to move things left or right so that you end up with a deal. 
that we can live with. You know, Otto von Bismarck famously said, politics is the art of the possible. <laughs> I think more than ever, this administration, we have to practice the art of the possible, and some people would say the art of the deal. So I'm very impressed with OmniCell's philosophies, the way that you're engaging your, um, your customers, which in turn engage our patients. And I'm proud that you guys are a sponsor of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, um, the dedication and time that you're putting into the HIMSS conference. What do you, when you come to these conferences, 40,000 plus people, goodness gracious. <laughs> like, what are, you have, I have to set time, I have to set, there's not, it's like I'm only picking up maybe one sixteenth of the show because of how mammoth it is. But well, what's, what's your goal when you come to, to HIMSS every year? Well, I think you spoke to it. Um, when you have that many people, there's over 40,000 people at this show, the convening power and the convening value is tremendous. Being able to, informal as well as formal settings, connect with people is, is, is invaluable to us. And it's in a fairly efficient way of, of communication, building relationships, of learning, of comparing notes, uh, benchmarking how you're doing to learn what's going on. And I think it takes some humility as a company and as an individual to say, I don't have it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. And so let's see what else is going on in our industry. And it's not always competitive. It's sometimes collaborative. It's certainly interoperability as an example is a good example, is a good example of where there's a lot of collaboration and opportunity for a win-win situation where companies work together. So for us, it's a, for me, it's like the Super Bowl. I refer to this as a Super Bowl because it's so exciting and valuable in terms of learning in a short period of time in a single place what you cannot learn in your own uh, own rabbit hole or your closed own off little right. uh, you know in incubator per se. Yeah. You know what I've noticed is over the last um, I've only been in healthcare since 2004, and it's always been technology driven. Always pharmacy management systems of some sort or pharmacy technology, and I've seen the conferences change from show up and demo to show up and network. Absolutely. It's now about building partnerships with other organizations. That's right. It's about building partnerships with prospects before they even become your customers. I think it's become more sincere. Yeah, and I think it's it's more substantive. It's not a Chotsky demo. Exactly. Chotsky demo world. It, it is more substantive. And I think you're absolutely right. There's another event that, you know, that is known for kind of networking. And I think this one is becoming more like a, a really world-class networking event for everyone in the healthcare industry. I couldn't agree more. Ken, it is a pleasure to have had you on the Pharmacy Podcast Network and what OmniCell is doing, and we thank you so much for being a sponsor. Oh, thank you. It's our pleasure. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. Did you know we develop digital health content to assist with business development and marketing efforts? Learn how we can help you drive more patients, physicians, and targeted leads to your website. Contact us today at pharmacypodcast.com.